0: Welcome to another episode. And this episode, I'm going to be answering another question. I'm your host, William Garrido. Dog training is my passion. And I'm going to answer a question submitted by a follower. And I actually know her personally, too. I work with her on, uh, on protection work. Her name is Sarah. Sarah Wolf, thank you very much for this question. The question is, I would like to... To see something about the argumentative topics that nobody wants to talk about. So one of them being taking bites from your own dog. Okay, that's that's a that's a very good question. It is a, a pretty big question in the protection industry. So the topic on taking bites from your own dog and training methods that are typically looked down on that actually work if done right. So the second question is a little bit broad. So training methods that are typically looked down on that are actually that will actually work if done right. Because that's kind of a blanket statement. I mean, training methods that are typically looked down on that that could be a lot of things. E-collar training is typically looked down on by some people. Purely positive training is typically looked down on by some people. Um all kinds of things. So I would say for that part of the question, I would say if it works for you, if it works for your dog, you're happy, your dog is happy, and it's keeping your dog at home, do whatever works for you. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not the, I'm not the judge. I'm not the the uh, the end all be all authority. Nobody is. Okay, if it works for you, if it works for your dog, do it. But now though. Part of the question that I'm going to address here, because it's more specific, is the one that she mentioned in regards to taking bites from your own dog. Taking bites from your own dog, she's talking about protection training. She's not talking about your rowdy dog that nips you and and just bites you occasionally. She's talking more specifically about protection work. Okay, so if you are in protection training, if you do protection training, you probably have a couple of different different ways of looking at things based on who you learn from, based on your experience too, that lead you to feel a certain way about this. And there are different schools of thought. I have been part of these two different schools of thought. I've learned enough to make up my own mind and to know what works for me and why it works for me versus just following what somebody tells me. So Sarah, that's a good question I'm gonna be addressing here in a little bit. But also I want to let you know that I'm gonna I'm gonna plug my book here. The decoy book does have that topic in it. When I was talking to Barb Malone, um I did the interview with Barbellone, which is in the book, the full interview is in the book, one of the things that we talked about, it came up in conversation was the topic of working your own dog. So Bart talks about that, his belief, how he feels, him and his wife, Michael Ballone, uh, how they feel about this and what they do, what works for them. So they expand on this themselves. And Bart Ballone is a big name. He's not just some guy down the street who trains dogs, you know, as a, as a... Like as his uh, main source of income, this is a big figure, big big figure in the dog training industry. So if you're interested, get the book or wait, um, you know, wait for the. Uh, I'm working on audio right now on the audio version of this book too. Uh, so I I may or may not get to the interviews on that. I might just do the main parts, but uh, but if you get the physical book, you're definitely gonna see it there. So it's on Amazon. Look up the decoy book. If you can't find it, just search William Garrido, G-A-R-R-I-D-O on the search bar, and you will see my three books, soon to be four. And uh, the decoy book is one of them. So now let's go to the question. Taking bites from your own dog. I'll talk about... I'll talk about why the different schools of thought and why people feel strongly about no, no doing it, not doing it, and why people feel strongly about uh, why maybe they should do it. So let's start with the why not do it. The reason why people strongly suggest that you should never take bites from your dog is because I've heard this argument. I've heard it. I've heard people get really into this. And the reason that they, that they are very adamant about never ever taking a bite from your own dog is because they're like it's not realistic. you know when is my dog gonna bite me? never. So why would I show him the picture that it is okay to bite me? That's the uh, that's the belief that's what I that's what I heard when I was uh new in the industry. That's what I was pretty much kind of told about that topic. And obviously, I went with it because it made sense to me at that time. And it makes sense to a degree today. But I'm going to elaborate on that. Okay, so the idea, it's basically a fear, right? You're saying it's never going to happen. My dog is never going to bite me, so why would I show him that picture? This comes from the the fear that if I do it, what if my dog gets the idea that he can do it and not he bites me? Well that makes sense if you are showing your dog the picture of uh of defense you are showing the your dog the picture of uh of pressure and in that mode you are putting your dog under a lot of stress it makes sense that way okay it makes perfect sense why you would not want to do that Now here's another thing here's a, another another topic another uh part of the topic here is Talking about the book, Jerry Bradshaw, one of the contributors to this book, he's a friend of mine too, and he is very good at, at what he does. He's been, he's the co-founder of PSA Protection Sports Association, and uh, he has accomplished a lot in PSA and in the police dog, in the dog training industry, in general. So this is also a guy that knows his stuff. He's not just some. Joe Schmo from down the street with a website and a YouTube channel. This guy is legit too. Now talking to him, it's not in the interview, but in a different conversation. Um, you know he he does he is not for the you should work your own dog. He said that very clearly. That's how he feels, and it makes sense to me. So the way he his reasoning is. his reasoning is you know i want i don't want the dog to be focused on me i want the dog to be focused on the helper i want the dog to want the helper so that is his whole idea he's not now he doesn't have the fear like you know the what i what i heard when i when i was new at it he doesn't have the fear of, oh what if my dog bites me it's not that's not it for him for him is I want my dog to be focused on the helper. I don't want the dog to be focused on me when we're doing this. So he is willing to do the drive. He is willing to take the drive. And if he needs to travel to get his dog to bite somebody, he will do that. Now, he Jerry Bradshaw is at a level, at a point in his career where the helpers, the decoys, will come to him. But in general this is how he feels to him it's it's not a uh, it, it's just not his it's not his idea to or his thought process or his school of thought to to take bites from his own dog okay now here is how i feel about it now how i feel about it now this is after i learned more about protection training when i heard about this early in my career from people that were like, you should never take a bite from your dog. I'm going to be honest with you. These are well-meaning people. These are people that did the best they could with what they had. They, They didn't really know a whole lot. They knew some enough to get them by as handlers and some of them as okay handlers. But... That's that's that was their belief, and that's how they felt and they they spoke from their perspective, which was from a point of knowledge to whatever proficiency level they were in now I kept learning, I kept progressing, I kept gaining more experience as the years went by, and I started then to notice that by work training is a little bit more complex than just biting somebody. Okay, bite work training has different components. Bite work training has targeting components, so accuracy, pointing. Another component of bite work training is grip work. Another component, which could be encompassing the two previous components, but another component is mechanics and skill so that's another part of bite work training the dog has to develop the mechanics and the skill to do certain things another component of bite work bite work training is pressure and by pressure I don't just mean physical I mean like emotional pressure like you're getting in the dog's head or what we call defense work, or aggression work. That's another component of bite work, of protection training. So it's not just sink your teeth on somebody. There is more to it than that. So the way I look at it, and I believe I touched on this on a previous episode already when I talked about the difference between protection, protection dogs and sport dogs protections protection sports, protection dogs versus sport dogs. So I have an episode where I I touched on this. So some of this stuff is overlapping a little bit. But I have already different components to bite work training, to protection training here. So because I have these different components, I have some flexibility as to what I can do with my own dog. So for for example, I will not do aggression work with my own dog. I will not do the pressure part of the of the exercise of the mechanics with my dog. I will not add the the defense work into it, the aggression work. I'm not gonna do that. That's my own dog. We have a relationship here. I'm not gonna do that. But what I can do with my dog is I can work on the on the grip work. By the way, this is how I feel about it too. Okay, this is my belief. This is a conclusion that I've come to based on my experience and based on the knowledge that I've gained. It's not for everybody. You might think that this is entirely wrong and and that I'm just talking out of my ass and that's perfectly fine. You can do it your way. To me, this is how I feel about it. But I I can do some grip work. I can do maybe even some targeting work and I have with my own dog. And here's why. Imagine imagine I have uh my little kid, right? Imagine I have my kid and um which he's not little anymore, but if I have my kid, if I have my son and, and or my daughter, and I'm like, hey um guys, let's learn how to let's learn how to spar, let's learn some some techniques here. I could come at it from the fear perspective and go, Well no, I don't wanna do that. I'm not gonna have them throw hands with me because What if, you know, I don't want to give him the picture that that it is okay to punch me and kick me and do all of those things. I don't want to do that. So my son is never going to get physical and punch me like that. So why would I give him that picture? I could come at it from that fear perspective and go, yeah, I'm not going to do that. And... From that perspective, it would make sense. But I could also look at it from this perspective. I could go, "Hey, uh, Diego, we're gonna learn how to, you're gonna learn how to, uh, you know, how to do some strikes. You're gonna learn how to fight, right?" And I go, "Here's what I'm gonna do, Diego. I'm gonna get some target pads, and you're gonna, you know, I'm gonna show you the stance. I'm gonna show you the the, uh, you know, how to uh, how to do the the stance where your your hands are nice and high. You're blocking your face." And I'm gonna show you the mechanics on how to tr- how to throw a punch, how to make that twist. I'm gonna show you what a jab, what a cross is, what a hook is, what an uppercut is. This is the mechanics, okay? And also what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna hold this pad. When I hold this pad right here, I wanna jab. When I hold the pad right here, I wanna cross. If I'm losing some of you by jab, cross, uppercut, all of those things, these are just different techniques in punching. So I can work on those things, and I can teach my dog by me holding the pad, okay? I'm not giving him my face and going, all right, Diego, you throw me a jab right on the face. Throw me an uppercut right on my chin. No, I'm, I'm holding some pads. I'm holding some equipment, and I'm having my son work on, on his jab and his cross. I'm just working on technique. Now, another component of teaching my son how to fight could be how to deal with pressure, but I'm not going to corner him and I'm not going to sucker punch him and go, okay, now, dude, now we got to fight. That's the equivalent of doing protection work with your dog. Okay? If I teach my dog grip work, if I'm trying to develop his grip and condition his, his jaw muscles, if I'm trying to work on his target... It's the equivalent of me playing tug with my dog, and that's what the equipment is. I'm grabbing the tug. I'm grabbing the pillow, whatever I'm going to use, the wedge, whatever, and I'm going to maybe work on his grip. Maybe I'm going to work on his push grip, his technique. Maybe I'm going to work on his target, whatever the case might be. Okay, this is just me sparring, so to speak. I'm teaching the dog techniques. And if I do wear the sleeve on the forearm, I'm teaching him the technique on the forearm, and then I'm going to slip the sleeve, and I'm going to keep working him. And grip work, push push grip, all of that stuff. When I do this, the dog is operating under prey drive. So in prey drive, the dog is now learning the, the technique which means in prey drive, he's having fun. It's the equivalent of me chasing, throwing the ball for him. If I throw the ball for him back and forth, he and he's chasing it and grabbing the ball and bringing it back, and I keep throwing it and he keeps chasing the ball, we're operating on their prey drive. Same thing if I pull the dog out, he's operating the prey drive. If I put the sleeve on and I'm working my dog in prey drive so that he can focus on the grip and the technique, I'm just working on technique work. Now I can have somebody else that maybe I can have that person go, "Hey, when you work and put pressure on him you know do uh you know do more vocalization, do add the pressure, do add a little bit of the intimidation factor here. That's what I can do when I have somebody else help me with my dog. This is something that I had to do because early in my in, in when I started the club, I didn't really have helpers that knew what they were doing they were very new club members that knew very very little so we were kind of learning all of this you know rust is green at that time i have green helpers green just really members Uh, my dog is not getting worked that much so obviously i could go well well crap i have a club here and i don't have competent helpers because you know they're not that's just not what they're they're doing they're helping me out but they don't really quite know what they're doing i only had a couple of them that that did um that definitely were very helpful that were a little bit more on the skill side but as far as developing a dog uh, that he needed certain things that they couldn't do for me I had to then do some of those things for my dog. I had to work on his grip. I had to work on his uh, on his push grip. I had to work on his technique. And not once did it affect our relationship. So I can do some bite work, and I feel fine with it. And alone, Bart and Michael Ballone feel the same way about it, and other trainers do too. Dave Croyer, same thing. Dave Croyer, another guy who's in the book, he also does his own bite work. Does the bulk of it on his own. Same thing. He doesn't have a problem with it because he operates under the same same principle. I'm just teaching my dog the technique. I'm just, it's like the equivalent of me holding the pad for my son and then telling him, throw some jabs right here, throw some punches, do a combination here, do jab cross. I'm not teaching him to be disrespectful, I'm not giving him my face, I'm just working on his technique. So that's how I feel about it now. You're going to have people that feel very differently, some people are very against it, and that's fine. I mean, that they have the right to do and the freedom to do what they want to do. Just like, The second part of your question when I told you do whatever works for you. If you're happy with it and your dog is happy with it, go ahead and do it. If you're completely against working your own dog and bite work, just don't do it. It's perfectly fine. If you are uh, willing to do your own, because this made sense, let's say this episode made sense, and you're like, oh, well, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I'm just holding, I'm just teaching my dog the technique. But if you don't know what you're doing, don't do it. So even though this message might have resonated with you and you're like, "Oh, that makes perfect sense. I'm going to do my own body work. I I don't need a helper unless I need the aggression and the pressure. Maybe I can do my own targeting. Maybe I can do the grip work and the push work myself and I can work on the technique. If you don't know the technique, if you don't know how to teach it, don't do it. You're going to make your dog even worse. Or you might accidentally add more pressure than you need to. So if you know what you're doing, do it. If you don't know what you're doing, leave it to somebody else. You have got to leave it to somebody else. So in some instances, even if you subscribe to the, oh, I can do my own bite work, but you don't have the skill, you really should not do your own bite work. You should have somebody else do it for you. Most people are in that category. Most people don't have the skill to do develop their own dogs if you do go for it but chances are if you if you if you subscribe to not doing your own bite work there's a good chance you don't have the skill anyway i don't mean to sound like a prick about this but that's kind of how it is like that guy who told me that early in my career who said oh you should never do your own bite work because you know when is my dog going to see that my dog's never going to see that He's never gonna, you know, bite me for real. So why would I show him that picture? Looking back now, in retrospect, I look at this and I go, that guy didn't really know what he was talking about. He was an okay handler. So to him, his idea of bite work was pressure. His idea of bite work was pressure. Was conflict. So he definitely should not subscribe to doing your own bite work he was perfectly fine he is he was right where he needed to be and he was doing exactly what he should have been doing which is not do his own bite work because if he was like oh well crap you know I just had had a you know I just had a a paradigm shift here where yeah maybe I should do my own bite work but clearly he doesn't have the skill then he really should be very careful not to do it because he could accidentally mess up his dog. So you do what's best for you. You do you and let all the people do what works for them. And if everybody's happy, leave everybody alone. But Sarah, that's how I feel about it. And thank you for the question. So remember, guys, subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you go to YouTube. Dog training is my passion. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like the videos if you like them. And... Make sure you like and follow Doctrine's is My Passion on Facebook and Instagram. And I'll talk to you guys on the next episode.